Hey, it's Chris Jones with The Jones Zone, and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by The Jones Zone at Keller Williams Realty. That's right. We sponsor our own podcast. So if you know of anybody looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest in residential real estate in the Charlotte, Rock Hill, Fort Mill area, have them connect with us on their favorite platform. Enjoy the show. It's Chris and Brian Jones, your real estate advocates, community connectors, talking Charlotte and York County area real estate, and interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. Yeah, we'll count you down? Yeah, count me down. All right, three, two, one, and... Shut up and let us do it right. Three. Talk louder, please. Three, two, two one, and we're going and live. Going live with the Jones Zone. Everybody, welcome to the Jones Zone. What's up, Brian? How you doing? Doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, what's What's going on with you? Recovering from Mother's Day. Uh, alcohol involved? No, no. I had a couple burrs yesterday. I had a couple mm-hmm. burrs too. I I took it. No, I did have one beer. Cold ones. Oh yeah? Real cold. How'd you keep them cold? <laughs> How'd you keep them cold? We'll get into that. <laughs> Alright, today we're here with Kenny Ramsey, the founder and president of 22 Below. Kenny stepped away from a successful thermal technology startup company, dipped into his own back pocket to fund research and develop the Sub-Zero, the koozie of all koozies, the ultimate in can cooler technology. Kenny. Welcome to the Jones Zone, man. Hey, yo. Appreciate get, y'all having me. Before we go any further, what's higher, Kenny? A president or a CEO? President. <laughs> Don't whisper. Hey, hey, shit. President? Yep. Uh, President's yeah. higher. There it is. I'm the president. Yeah. He's the CEO. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so, uh, so welcome, man. That, that was a brief introduction, but why don't you uh, tell us a little bit of your story and, and what you're doing and how you got involved with uh, thermal technology? <laughs> well, honestly, it goes way back to like in high school, honestly, and I didn't even know what I was getting into at the time. I just thought it was fun, and I, I pursued that for years before I even understood I really liked it. You know? Where'd you go to high school? So I went to Rock Hill High, okay. and um, I got into their um, refrigeration, their, their outsourced you know, HVAC refrigeration program that you're allowed, you're allowed to go through, go to York Tech yeah. and pursue it. You know, I think I started when I was in 11th grade, Jeez. you know, and um, that was an avenue I wanted to pursue, but also um, on my time off, I was heavily involved in racing. I had two friends that were in it. Um, and they were getting geared up. One of my one of my good friends was taking off, and he was he was winning a lot. And if you guys don't know a lot about racing, everything is is high performance. How can we get a half a degree better here, here, here? What type of racing are we talking about? Um, just like dirt track racing. Oh, okay. So, um, but any racing to that extent is you know they'll you know companies will spend tens of thousands of dollars to find a a. a a product they can get a one degree performance out of you know yeah. it's really weird um well that one degree will make a difference between first and second place it, it does yeah. honestly because if you can get a degree here a degree here a degree here a degree here all of a sudden you got a competitive advantage and um you know that just continues to happen and as you've seen in even in nascar indycar how much faster they get every single year and how much more efficient they get um, you know, they continue to have to come out with rules, you know, people, you know, there's team engineers, you got five or six engineers on a team, you know, trying to come up with ways to get faster and better. So did you have any people on your team? Um, so once I, you know, I was finished helping them, I started my, my own race team and then we started, you know, we started winning and being, you know, 
having a lot of success. And then once people started, um, you know, we, we grabbed it and we raised the bar in this division I was racing in. And then a lot of people started coming into it and challenging me. Um, and they really were. So you know, I had, had to continue to raise the bar and I just kept having to dive into how to get better. And a lot of that's in engineering. Naturally, I didn't know what I was getting into. I just, I would see a part and how it worked. I understand how it worked. And I was like, how do I make this better? You know, and that would continue to go on with all sorts of things on the car. You know, there's hundreds of little things you can you know, adjust to get better. How old are you now? 28. All right, so you're 28. So out of high school, you got into racing? In high school. In high school, you got into racing? And yeah. And after high school, then what? Um, so I was racing as well as um, working for um, like a HVAC company, heating and cooling. Okay. Doing that sort of thing. Um, you know, out working a lot. Just working tons uh, during the week, and then racing on the weekends. I mean, I I don't know honestly. Since I was probably seventeen years old, I've worked six days a week. No, oh, wow. <laughs> honestly, yeah. um, if not more. Okay. But it. How fast are you going those cars? It depends on what track you go to, but probably the fastest I've ever been is probably one twenty. Okay. One twenty at this place it's called Lancaster Speedway it's like yeah it's track around yeah so like so these like the the glorified go-kart things or the stock cars oh no these are stock cars oh okay these are the real deal they are like 3200 pound animals you know all right so tell us about your time at this uh thermal technology startup I mean what was that is that kind of what launched your yeah it kind of did um so as racing I, I began to understand you know I had burned the you know, the candle at both ends and racing for about six years, you know. Uh, we were severely under under budgeted team, but we were still able to compete, you know, and win. Um, but that got kind of old after a while because I just couldn't, I couldn't do it for so long. Yeah, so right. I made, I did, and I'd done everything I ever wanted to do, plus some, you know. I got further than I ever would have thought. Um, so I was like, you know what, that was a great challenge. I learned a lot from it, um, and it was fun, but... It, what's next you know I had kind of went as far as I could mm-hmm. go with that um so that uh the startup company kind of came across my plate from one of my sponsors you might know her uh Kim ba- Kim Baker yeah Palmetto Children Academy yeah um she was like hey we've got a friend who just started a company he's been over for about two years he's, he's getting to the point where he needs some help he's looking for a guy and um you know your, your kind of qualifications he's like all right well you know it wasn't that he hired me for my technical expertise. <laughs> hey, He's like, hey, I know about racing and HVAC work. <laughs> yeah. Hey, actually, yeah, I know, I know someone. <laughs> he he just basically knew I was a hard worker. Um, you know, I was reliable, and I you know I do a good job for him. Yeah. I had some technical expertise. So he hired me in, and you know we started to grow that company um, pretty quick, you know, pretty rapidly, and you know from. I think he did like two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars a year, and then when I got there, we tripled that number, I believe. Just tripled that number, yeah. pretty much within the first year, and then within two and a half years of me starting there, we were at right at three million dollars a year um, with Jeez. me, him, a part uh, part-time um, employee, and uh, just some interns, and then you know we started to continually get some more people on and. As that, you know, I spent five years there, and, you know, it was fun, but I had other things I wanted to do, too, you know. It's like, all right, well, that was a great challenge. Yep. You know, what's next? What's next? And uh, so, 
and I, for some reason, I was like, well, how can I use, I was like, well, what are you good at? You know, what are you good at? And I started looking back, and I was like, you know what? I have been involved in high-performance heat transfer since I was in seven, you know, 11th grade. Why don't I try to find something to do that in? You know, yeah. I would consider myself in the top 10%, you know, of, you know, so you found something that you're already good at and you got a passion for and yeah, you just decided to exactly. go for it. I was like, well, what can I do? And I started looking into the market and uh, I seen where a company called Yeti was being highly successful. You know, they're IPO, publicly traded. Um, they're doing numbers like $658 million a year. And I was like, dude, if I could just carve out uh, yeah. just a portion of that, right? you know, not by copying them, yeah. just by innovating something new, that solves some problems they have with their products. I love their stuff, actually, but I knew there was w- different ways to, you know, get what they were doing. And as far uh, as as far as what, like technology wise? Yeah, yeah. So just bringing in different kinds of technology that people may not have thought of or um, tried to to follow through with. And so I saw this opening with uh, koozies. You know. Uh, I'm, I love football, so I'm always at tailgates and stuff. And you know, all you know, for the longest time we had the little phone ones. Yeah, he's a Gamecocks know. fan, Chris. Awesome. <laughs> we had those little phone ones forever, you know, and they work great until they get wet. You know, they start getting damp, and yeah. then you're heading into the game and you mm-hmm. slide it in your pocket. Now you got wet butt yeah. cheek. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they keep your hand warm, but you know they don't really work that well after. Um, after the first one or two beers, you know, once they get wet and. You know, it is what it is, but um, we've even done extensive thermal testing on those things and uncovered a lot. Um, on the on the phone koozies? on the phone ones that are just, I was like, wow, I didn't I didn't know that. But um, anyway, so I was, and then the Eddies came out, and I was like, oh, hey, let's check this thing out. And I'm sitting here walking around, I almost got to hold it with two hands. You know, a koozie mm-hmm. that you got to pretty much hold with two hands. Yeah. Girls won't even use them because they're so big. they got tiny hands. Oh, my God, look at this koozie. I can't even. <laughs> yeah, I, can't. I can't even with this. So I was like, all right, well, what's, what, what's, what's an in-between here? You know, can we still get something high performance that you can, you know, ultimately fold up and, you know, put in your pocket, throw yeah. in the glove box, you know, easy to go. Something you don't have to babysit, you know. And I uh, started running. I started going down that path pretty quick. And I. The idea was clear to me from the beginning how to do it, but getting it to that stage to work was was a year and a half journey. Jeez. So what 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 was your first your first oh man, step? our first. <laughs> Did you Google how to start a company? No, 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 no. So you talking about the company or the product? The product. So the product itself. What what I was like. All right. What I have got to do is create. A, an air barrier around the can. That's what I got to do. And I've also, for two things, one, to provide insulation because air is the best insulator known to man outside of vacuumed air, which that's that's not natural unless you're in outer space or you manufacture it. Um, so yeah. it's like, all right, so let's, uh, let's try to encapsulate this can with air as well as create a barrier to where you keep the, you know, the heat of your hand out because that's, that's an added, you know, added form of temperature gain in, in yeah. whatever can you're using. So the first one, man, it was rough. I took, I basically, uh, <laughs> I basically took like a foam one 
and just like inserted rods down around it. I ordered like these little plastic rods from like a car, inserted those down and made it like a little, um, like a little stretchy string around the top of it. Tried to see how that worked. I was like, all right, this is how it's gonna look. How can we make it, you know, look good and work? So that I mean, like, phew, like one prototype after another, it continually get it get it got better. You know, it began to you know shape mm. itself to what it could be, and um, to the to the point where I was actually thinking about going the road of having it like a fabric, almost like a koozie material. Um, to where you had a drawstring that you just tightened up to create oh, the air yeah. pocket, and uh, I was like, dang, you know. And then I got running down the running down that path, and it would have worked. But what I ran into was, um, it's super hard to find somebody who who does tech, you know, um, like sewing and like mass fabrication in the states. Right. Like it's so hard to find, and if you do find it, there's generally. The quality isn't there, believe it or not. Like okay. that is one thing overseas has better than us is you know like um, apparel manufacturing and stitching and sewing. Like you gotta think that that exiled America in the seventies, and we don't even we've we've gone forty years without people getting good at that. You know right. that generation's gone, but that's what they're good at. We're not. So I was like, we're gonna run into manufacturing issues this way. How else can I do this? So then I was like, all right, well. What other materials can we use and come up with, uh, you know, a silicone, a silicone. And um, I was like, well, how can we do this? And you, basically the way we we're going to do it is it's an ejection molded silicone. And uh, Ejection molded silicone. It's highly durable. That was another th- benefit of going that What's direction. What's ejected with? Air? No, it's, it's basically, it's a manufacturing method. So they make a, they've got a pressure casting, like a mold that resembles the sub-zero and they pressurize it with with uh, silicone and it cures it opens up and they blow it off boom closes back shoots more in there so you know it's almost like a um you know like a casting like a metal casting you know they make these huge yeah. huge uh molds where you pour molten hot metal in and then it it, it uh, cools off and then you got a hard part same thing um but it's just automated you know to where it's injected in pops out onto the next one and uh one of the benefits of that is we could do that here in the states um affordably you know there's there's you know, manufacturing outfits who are set up to do that um it's highly durable it's impenetrable i mean the, the list goes on um, this is the actual material the material yeah. yeah it's it's a medical grade material so you said it is manufactured here in the it's states manufactured right? here in the states that's huge man that's awesome it is um it didn't, you know. What's funny is, had I've had two companies call me already since I launched Friday, and they're like, "You're not gonna make it." I'm like, "What do you mean I'm not gonna make it? You're trying to you're you're trying to make this in the states. You're not gonna be able to compete with Yetis and other companies here in 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 America um, because you're not gonna be able to price your product cheap enough." I'm like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not offering a cheap product, right? You know what I'm saying? And we're still cheaper than the." highest product how can we not compete and you know they went down this long path of you gotta you gotta quit with your price point you know being hung up on american made and price points and i got to looking at their companies you know because they were quick to tell me who Mm -hmm. who who they were and i look and everything they got is nothing unique it's it's all like 
add-ons to this, like a cover for your computer mm. or nothing unique or original at so all. So they're not even the same feel, like the same... Well, yeah, uh, there a couple of them were. Well, okay. one of them was, wasn't, another wasn't. But um, one of the things I left with was basically um, they're in the business of buying and reselling parts, not coming up with unique ideas, yeah. you know, and following those through. <clears throat> and they want to be able to sell their product. Is cheap. If they could sell it for 25 cent, they would. You know, they're yeah. trying to drive their cost down as much as possible. Um, and they're doing nothing but putting money in their pocket. They're not providing anything for what 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 they're benefit? not solving anybody's problem. Yeah, well right. not only that, but like who's gonna benefit from that other than them? Right. Exactly. You know, what taxes, okay. That's one thing, but um we all gotta pay those no matter what we do. Speaking of yeah. which, Chris, did you ever pay your taxes? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Um April thirteenth. Okay. Um all right, so you're kind of touching on something that I find interesting. You're so here you are, you're an entrepreneur, you're coming up with this idea. Talk about obviously being made in America is important for you. Affordability is important for for you. Mm -hmm. So can you expand a little bit on some of your core beliefs and your uh, business religion and that sort of thing? Like why is all that important to you? Man, this is a touchy subject. It gets me like kind of fired up thinking about it. Let's um, do it, man. Let's get. It. <laughs> I can tell, which is why I asked. You know, like yeah, I I had a moment this morning. Uh, you know, thinking about that and and you know I've you know through this whole research process, you know trying to develop this product of course I was paying attention to the people already in the market mm -hmm. very closely and one thing I've noticed is they've portrayed this American dream all the all these people in the market have portrayed this American dream of the middle class the working man and not one product they have is made in America and it was like wait a minute you know like where's the hypocrisy in this yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying right and it, it like Dude, it fired me up, and like that's one of the reasons I am gonna be American made because I'm just like, you know, if if I'm, I mean, that's the kind of lifestyle I live, you know, and that's the li lifestyle I want to portray, and that's you know, who I will ultimately want to sell to. Mm -hmm. Why not, you know, be American made, you know, and be proud of that because there's a lot of benefits that come along with that, and the impact they could have made if they would have been. And what's funny is, you know, people talk about. It's more expensive to be American made. Well, it is, but not as much as you think. We're talking, you know, if a product costs, you know, $100 to manufacture overseas, you're talking like 120 to manufacture here. I mean, it depends. Mm, you know, there could yeah. be some things, don't get me wrong. Um, it's not efficient by no means. A lot of the times, um, you know, you got to ship all that stuff across the seas. You know, you got long lead times, you know, and it's just not... It is a huge problem, in my opinion, you know. And this whole, this whole, this past election kind of made me realize how important this is, and how important it needs to be going forward. Because now we we've got this president now that's in office who wants to make America great again. Well, how are we gonna do it? You know, you're just gonna wave a wand and and everything yeah. is magical and great again, right? That that's not the case, you know. It's going to have to become, if you look back over our growth spurts, what's happened, you know, American innovators used to be heroes here, you know, astronauts, these people who, who push forward, you know, instead of, you know, your suit and tie businessmen who are worried about making money with money. You know, the people who, you know, built the company, I mean, built, built America were people who pushed, you know, pushed forward with innovation. 
and we've kind of lost that. You know, since the 2000s, everything just whew, took off overseas. Um, you know, textiles went way before that, and I understand that to some extent. And some of them are coming back, believe it or not. And some, a lot of manufacturing is coming back, but people have got to understand in order to make make America great again, you've got to first invest in America. You know, you say, well, you pay taxes. Well, that's not enough. Yeah. You know, it really isn't. And I, there was a report um, that I read that if an American spent something like 64 more dollars a year, if they took $64 and spent it towards American-made products, it would create 200,000 jobs. I mean, yeah, 200,000 jobs Jeez. in America. Just about 64 extra dollars. Here's the beautiful thing about what's going to happen when people buy into that method and that belief because it's not some fairy tale that it's, once you do it, it's not going to happen. Well, the way manufacturing is going to come back in America is not in these gigantic factories where middle-class workers are working. It's going to come back in mom-and-pop shops where you got one, two, three, four guys in a shop doing things, manufacturing stuff, you know, and they're really highly specific. And that's a business model that you can maintain because you've got low overhead and whole sorts of things, you know. It, that's the way American manufacturing is going to come back. It's not going to come back with two, three hundred, you know, a couple thousand um, people factories. That, those years are long yeah, gone. It's, it's an outdated business model. And you see these places still struggle with that. And that's why those places, a lot of those places shut down because they were built to, you know, mass produce as much as they could. They weren't built to be able to run, you know, off a two or three man operation. But it, it's going to lead to financial freedom and, you know, people, be able to, people being able to work for themselves, you know. And ultimately, yeah. a lot of people want to but are scared to because they don't understand it. And honestly, it's not there. You make an awesome point about the the hypocrisy of the whole thing. Like, I mean, a koozie. You think of where you use it. It's a football game. Yeah. It's at the beach, at the lake, with your friends in the backyard, hanging out. I mean, like America stuff. You know. Yeah. So it's cool that um, that you're doing that and and stick to your convictions, man. I mean, you know, you people can talk on. about yeah. the numbers and all that crap and return on investment and all that, but. It's your company, and you're the one putting your heart and soul into it, man. Yeah. So, I saw awesome, dude. I was at Walmart last year. And I know it was a year ago because it came on my t- my Facebook timeline memories. But it said "Spirit of America" on the shirt. And it said "Made in China." Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, "Jeez, are we serious right now?" Are we serious? It's and I, I, you know, I uh, I don't know if I should say this or not, but everybody keeps hitting me up <laughs> like. Yeah, where can I get this thing? I'm like, it's not gonna be in Walmart. Yeah, no, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, we're we're not going to go that route. So, what's the status on this? I mean, are these things available, or are are, are you manufacturing these now? What's the timeline here? So, um, we we have an American manufacturer in Maine, and um, they are going to begin, I think, mold production Wednesday or Thursday this week, and it's, it's a lengthy process. It takes a couple weeks to have the the big mold made. It's a huge mold. Um, but once that happens, your, our lead times on these products are going to be, you know, a couple days. And once we're able to establish mm-hmm. inventory, we'll be right back out to you. Um, but as far as timeline goes, I think we're going to be able to have these things um, out, already distributed in your mailbox by the end of June. Um, it's, realistically, it's probably going to be like first week in July or, you know, at the first of July. But I think we can do it. 
by late June. So basically, so it's pretty quick. Somebody goes on to uh, 22below.com, they put an order in, and you send that to the people in Maine, and they make it and send it back? or Yeah, so what's going to happen is um, there's a couple different ways to go about purchasing one now. Um, one of them being the Facebook pages, Instagram pages, Twitter, okay. um, the website as a way um, to go. But what's going to happen is is we're basically running a crowdfunding to help pay for these this this uh, this this uh, mold mm-hmm. um, and our addition, our first run of inventory. Um, because if without this, you know, I've got to somehow or another come up with about twenty three thousand dollars. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Do y'all have it sitting around? No, nah. no, nah. you don't. Um, Nah, it's in my savings. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, I mean, not the houses we own. <laughs> the, um, and the way, you know, the way small businesses these days, it's so hard to get a small business loan. Yeah. You know, um, with that, you know, the, the collapse in 2008, man, they tightened up everything. So I felt like this was a good way to go is, is do a Kickstarter, and that seems to be a huge trend in startups. So if they go on, was it kickstarter.com? Or yeah, Kickstarter. Just search. 22 below or sub zero yeah go to kickstarter.com search to, uh, 22 below we're at last I checked we were at 37 percent yeah funded I got that this morning in, uh, three I, days. I ordered mine yesterday 37 percent out of the 23,000 yep right. so we're like 86 8700 dollars um the way Very there cool, and then when you get to that isn't the internet great it's, it's amazing, amazing. God, I mean, it, it's funny how the internet always wins yeah. and, it's, and it will always <clears> continue to it's just a fad, people said yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the early 90s. <laughs> um, Crazy. How'd you come up with 22 Below, man? Well, um, I you know I played played sports throughout high school. I uh, played baseball. My number was 22. Oh, okay. Uh, what position? You, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Second base. No, no. Going by his height. Left field. No. No, he was infielder. Short right. Yeah, center. Dang, center field. Yeah. Center. Uh, did you a little pitch in. Did you pitch? I did lead yeah. off. I did lead I off. I played right field in my church softball league. Yeah. Hey. No, Chris doesn't want to tell you about the, the time, the, the little league. Uh, yeah. He was a good he was a good pitcher, but. You his, talked about this a couple podcasts ago. Yeah, I'm going to bring it back up. With Jake, the Jake Dixon podcast. Yeah. What, what was your batting average? It was. What? 22 below. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was about... Yeah, yeah, negative. No. I, I was terrible. I uh, I tried to play church softball one time. One summer. Uh, pitch just kind of extra. And I uh, played uh, shortstop. Softball is fine, but like pit, like in Little League and, and uh, Middle School and stuff, I couldn't hit. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. I wanted to clarify that. I could hit a softball for crying out loud. <laughs> 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 Kenny, though. <laughs> So yeah, we went out here. We went out to the softball field, man. We're out here at practice, and uh, talking about practice, talking about practice. And I'm out here diving for balls at shortstop, and um, man, I got up and I was just like, "Was this, this co-ed team this or was this a it's co-ed?" Yeah, yeah. I was like, "I ain't diving. This is probably like diving no this is probably like ninth grade." I'm like, you know, this this isn't for me. I I need yeah. to I need to go somewhere else, but. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I got up, you know, from diving after a couple of balls, and people were looking at me like. <laughs> He's a little too intense. Yeah. <laughs> he knows we haven't won a game in three years, doesn't he? Cool, man. It was fun. It was fun. So, uh, I saw somebody post on your thing. They recommended Shark Tank. You ever thought about that? I mean, what's You know, it just came through Charlotte last yeah. week or two weeks ago. I wasn't ready. Uh, our boy, did Pierre go on that? I asked him how he did. He never said. I don't know if he, if he, what the deal is. With you know how intimidating that would be? Oh. Well, this was like this wasn't an actual show. I think it was just like the tryouts. It's still. a casting, yeah. yeah. So I don't know how it works, but I wasn't ready. And honestly, I you know I've thought about that. 
I've thought about getting investors, and I've already had a guy hit me up. I've had a bunch of people hit me up, but one guy who's really got he, he's multi-millionaire hit me up and wants to invest. And um, I probably I'm like I probably yeah. that's all we that's all we hang out with. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I don't know if I want to open this thing up to that yet. You know, I know it would help drive growth fast, but I don't know if I want to do it. And like for the simple fact that like I know it sounds. Great. You say, well, why don't you want investors? Are you too greedy to give up a piece of your company? Well, that's your baby, though. Yeah. It's like, well, you know what? I've seen all these companies start out you know, with a lean business model, and um, they don't have to take on any investors if they can grow it in the first year you know, to become something. And um, At this point, I want to just run with it for about eight months and see where I can take it on my own. If I can't take it, then absolutely, we're going to get some investors, but... Um, I want to try it on my own for for a little bit, you so, know, because when you you get investors and you got to answer to them yeah, too, you know, yeah, and that's going to help. That's what their money's doing. It's going to slow me down. Not my money. When you, what? So when my you, money. <laughs> when you spent that year and a half in development and research, what did your day to day look like? I mean, dude, it's a lonely life as an entrepreneur and researcher, right? You ever, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, did you ever get? Yeah, fed up and say, ah, oh, yeah. I can't do it. I get it. Yeah, I'm I took. I took about five months off. Did you? Honestly, yeah. I, I got it to the point really quick. To the, I knew it worked, but I couldn't get it to work. Yeah. And, um, you know, I spent so many weeks on thinking about it, and I just had – I had to remove myself from it for a little bit and come back with a well, open mind and, um, and I, you know, asked a lot of people a lot of questions who were a lot smarter than I am. And uh, they they couldn't give me an answer, but they could tell you, you might want to try to look this way or tweak this or tweak that. And you know the comp, you know some of it worked, some of it didn't. But at the end of the day, it had to be one piece of, you know, one piece of engineering that all worked together equally and, and with balance. That, that was probably the biggest thing is finding balance. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was a struggle. You know, it was. It, it's at one point in time I was like, I've taken it as far as I can go. I can't figure it out no more. You know, this is it. This is where this ends. And and. Uh, you know, I, I was like, I can't. I think there's something here. I, I gotta find it. You know, and yeah. we found it. Uh, April, April thirteenth, about two in the afternoon. You just had an aha moment. Not, just... Well, no, it, we, we yeah, the, the last prototype we made, you know, we tested it. We thermal, you know, was running a thermal test on it, and bam, it worked. And I was like, this is it. So you what know, worked? Like the temp, like the temperature. Yeah, yeah, the, cool, the, the, the temperature and everything worked, um, like we wanted it to. Um, and I'm talking about, I'm telling you, we made like the the slightest adjustment from so not that, working yeah. to working. And it was just ridiculous. And there's even, I, I believe there's even uh, a little more to be gained in the design. But right now we're going to take what we got. Um, because if, I could easily pursue this another two, three months and getting it, you know, a little better, a little better, a little better. Because every little adjustment you make opens up another door of failure or opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, you got to keep trying to navigate your way through those doors. And it takes a long time. But I, we've got a, a product we can take to market that works now. We can, you know, we can do something else later. We've got other product. I've got other. I say we. <laughs> it's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's your company, though. All right, so I want I want you to spend uh, thirty to sixty seconds talking about what differentiates your product from other koozies or coolers on the market without using any science to speak. Okay. All right, just talk about 
what are the characteristics that are different, better, etc.? All right. So um, what separates us first, the very first thing is you can fold it up. It's collapsible. You can take it and water, you know, put it in a ball for all you Throw care. It Chris Throw it at Chris good. and it is set back down and pop right back up, right? <laughs> right. And um, that's probably the biggest feature, you know, that people are really going to like, you know. They can now have something that they can fold up, yeah. you know, that works really well and put it in their pocket. Um, the second thing is it's going to keep your beverage colder than any other thing outside of the Yeti. You know, that's who has, we've kind of set you know set forward it's us and yeti as far as thermal performance now how long does it keep it cold for i mean all right so typical beer lasts what you know 30 (laughs) minutes at the most so yeah talking so um i'll tell you a funny little story about that real quick and um i was i was looking at yeti's reviews right on their on their koozies and there was an overwhelming amount of people who thought it'd keep it cold for days Mm. Why would you want a cold drink for days? A cold open beer. I just want to sip on it for a few days. What's so wrong? A beer, you know, is good after an hour. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. So uh, that aside, I was just like, oh my god. So anyway, there's no, there's nothing out there that's going to keep it cold for days. Um, First off, your beer is not going to taste good after you know an hour. You know, whether it it just loses taste or whatever. but it will. It, it stays within. Uh, should I get into the real numbers? Yeah, if it, I mean, I don't. I don't know. What's, it stays what's within um, from our thermal testing without humidity involved, um, and when you know other factors, uh, and we want to do more testing uh, with outside you know mm-hmm. stuff. We stayed within four degrees of Yeti after it? thirty oh, minutes. Okay. Oh. Yep. After thirty minutes we were only four degrees behind them. Do you have to store this in somewhere special or do you just pull it out of the kitchen you can pull drawer it out. and you oh, go. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. You, you don't, don't have to like keep it in the freezer if it's not in use then. No, oh, no, this thing's like yeah, indestructible, honestly. Because uh, Does it keep the things hot too? Yeah, yeah, it works the same way, both ways, hot or cold. I don't know what you can put in it that'd be warm. Is the outside does the outside get cold? Like if you're or does, is your hands? All right, so wet? it doesn't it doesn't sweat, right? So you're not gonna get your hands not gonna get wet. Um, you'll feel a little bit of coolness. You know, you're not gonna feel like um, it's not gonna be freezing cold by no means. Yeah. It's it's gonna have a nice little chill, That's nice chill. little chill. Um, you know, it's not gonna hurt. I mean, Colder than if you were holding the bottle by itself. Well, if you've if you've held a um, a foam koozie, right? Yeah. It, it, same thing. You know, okay. you feel a little bit. Yeah. But that's about it. Um, with the Yetis, you know, they're really fat. You don't really feel those as much, but, the, you know, they've got, you know, a quarter-inch insulation of vacuumed air, mm. you know. Um, so that's another story in itself. So that's one thing. It's a high performer as far as, like, keeping your beverage cool longer. Um, and in comparison with the foam ones, here's the funny thing we figured out about these things. As they get wet, they get substantially worse they their their graph goes like this mm. whereas mm. their first line is nice and steady once it gets wet and that's in uh, dry air you know when humidity arrives it's gonna get even worse mm-hmm. so, to the point to where we even think i don't don't put me on this we got to do a little more testing but the testing we've done we believe you your beverage will stay colder without a foam one 
um, a wet foam one than if you just had nothing. Like just straight can will stay cooler than a, foam, a wet foam one. Oh, that's a shame. These butt, these butt foams. They're making yeah. a killing. How, How much are those to produce? I don't know. Well, the thing about... The thing hey, about <laughs> it's Greg and uh, Jennifer's wedding, 2016. Yeah. Uh, you're talking like pennies like to make the... Like 15 cent yeah. to make those, but, you know, those days are probably about to be gone, that, you know, in my opinion. So you asked about what, you know, separates us. Yeah. We're going to be able to do colors. Colors? We'll be, able to, we'll be able to manufacture with color instead of having to paint it. Okay. What's the difference? Um, well, we can actually, we can color the silicone mm. before it goes into the mold. So we can produce it any color we want. Would you be um, able to do logos? The, and like embellishment? So we, we can. To, in, do, to do like a stamped insignia, though, requires um, to modify the mold. Mm. which costs money yeah. which is cool if we feel like there's a uh, if we can do that and sell it right right. Um, but just to you know go out and do let's just say like uh, you know Jones on koozies or something mm. we're not going to be able to do well if you did those people would they'd, buy they'd, those like crazy yeah. you, you wouldn't be able to keep hundreds yeah you wouldn't be able to keep up the production What's, what kind of warranty you guys provide you Dude. Any of that so yet? yeah I think um, I feel certain um, and that we're gonna do a lifetime warranty on. Awesome. Like we, they're virtually indestructible. Um, with your bare hands, now you introduce a knife or something. Yeah, of yeah. course, you know you snag it on a sharp corner. It might. It, it's gonna be hard to tear it. Um, my manufacturer told me that that they believe when, once this thing is made that you'll be able to get the strongest guy you know to grab it from the inside and try to tear it apart. And it won't tear. Michael Belk, he owns this place. He says, I, I say I drive up to Loom with a six-pack and let's do some testing. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Michael Belk. Hey, is he, is he a bodybuilder? No. Uh, God, no. <laughs> Don't say it like that. I'm just kidding. Kenny well, Ramsey, how do people get in touch with you? Um, well, you can uh, go to my Facebook page, uh, 22 Below. Um, Kenny's been working out, man. <laughs> spell out the website, man. 22 Oh, the website? Yeah. So the website is actually 22below, 22BEL0W.com. Um, we, once we get some money, yeah. we can buy this entire thing or it's just a O, you know. 22below.com. But 22below.com. Uh, cool, with uh, a zero. With a zero, zero for the O. And, uh, All right. Kenny Ramsey is the founder and president of 22below. You guys keep an eye out for the product called Sub-Zero. It's a can cooler, man. That's the best way to describe it. The koozie of all koozies. It's going to be the I hottest say. summer item. All right, yeah. Kenny, thank you so much, man. Put a lot of work into this. Into this thank uh, you guys for having me. Yeah. You know, kill thank it, you, brother. Mr. Chris. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Thanks so much for listening to the Jones Zone Podcast with Chris and Brian Jones. We'll catch you on the next episode.